you are listening to the Foamy Heads Podcast, where we discuss craft beer and anything else that accompanies a glass. Another episode of the Foamy Heads. Mitch and Rich here on the mics hanging out in Atlanta, Georgia. Mitch, a little bit of a drive from where we're used to hanging out at. A little bit. Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee, all the way to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Hanging out at Sabbath Brewing. I know this place has a, a spot in your heart because you've been following these guys from probably a couple of years back on, on Instagram. Ever since we came here a few years ago, and you're like, I want to go check out Sabbath. And we're like, oh, they're not open yet. <laughs> so... Uh, it's been every time we come down here, I know you want to check them out yes. and stuff like that. And, and today is the day we're actually we're chilling with Jeffrey here at Sabbath Brewing. Welcome, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming in. So happy y'all are here. This yeah. is a great this is a great spot. It's just it's it's not low key by any means. <laughs> yeah. um, the space is cool. Thank you. The space yeah, it's definitely is really heavy cool. metal inspired. So we turn up everything as loud as it goes. Yeah, dude, I love it. And the, the tap itself sold me oh <laughs> yeah it's uh, an old church organ so if you can imagine it literally is the pa- pa- taps coming out of the church organ so it's just like <laughs> totally sacrilegious just like this whole place you know uh-huh. we've got all things that allude to a little bit of satanism so dark. that's kind of that's the spin kind of at this place yeah right? sabbath you know it's like black sabbath yeah. obviously but also a little sacrilege yeah you know? mm. absolutely i'm loving the space the artwork we got the slaps over on the the fridge area, is that fridge or cooler? I, or is, there's yeah, that's our tiny it. walk-in that uh, is currently our lynch our lynch pen ah. uh, for production. So I see I have kegs sitting on the outside because I can't <laughs> yep. even put them in. Nice. <laughs> no space for it. No space in there. It's packed to the max. Not a bad problem to have though. I mean, you yeah. guys you guys built for the space that you have, and 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 hopefully as you continue to go. You're gonna need more and more space, and oh, we I are guess, have, uh, already having to expand. Already, I mean, we an just issue. opened Fourth uh, of July, and it's what mm. now? Yeah, November. So we've over like four months, and uh, we're having to close down in January to an expansion. We're gonna get a double size walk-in cooler, build a whole bar, and oh, everything. Shit. So I actually have places to put beer because my biggest problem right now is keeping up. Wow. We have such a busy neighborhood. I'll you know brew seven beers on tap, and then on one weekend I can kick through four of them. Yeah, <laughs> man. Know? So I, I want to be able to build up uh, a stockpile, which yes. I could do with a bigger freezer. Hell yeah! The this, the area in which Sabbath is is located is interesting too. What what chose this place? I mean, this place. I when I signed the lease on this place three years ago, over three years ago now, there was nothing around me. Like empty buildings to my left, empty buildings to my right. Three we years. We just had yeah. I've been in here since May of eighteen. And um, we had have a heavy metal bar next door, flat iron. Yeah, which is like Iron Maiden. Iron themed. Maiden. Yes. Yep. We said that. Uh, we said that yesterday. We have the Earl, the East Atlanta Restaurant and Lounge, which is a famous venue here. Uh, it does a lot of metal music and alternative music. Uh, we have Five Two Nine across the street, another small venue. So we really wanted to be in this neighborhood that was kind of alternative mm. and fit with our theme. So that's why we fought so so long to be here. That's uh, awesome. And the place is just blown up, too, around you. Yeah. I mean, since the, you know, three years since I signed this lease, we have condos in every direction, mm-hmm. you know, new stuff going in. It's kind of wild. Not, nothing I'd ever expected to happen over here. Yeah. It, it's nuts. I, I was reading the article again on the way over here. I forget where what news article it was, but it was just talking about the struggle with the city itself, you know, getting this space to finally the, open. The city, man, is 
when I had my grand opening, the title for the grand opening was How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Atlanta City Government because it's been three <laughs> years of fighting with the city of Atlanta. The first thing was uh, a distance requirement for an alcohol establishment in the city of Atlanta. You had to be 300 feet from a tattoo shop, which is like crazy, not anywhere else in Georgia, but there was a tattoo shop that wanted to open a bar inside of their tattoo shop, and the huh. city said, you can't do that. Tattoo shop said, why can't we do that? I said, well, here's why you can't do that, because we added it. <laughs> so that didn't affect any tattoo shops. It just affected me. Right. Uh -huh. So there was a tattoo shop right around the corner for me. I got a variance on that. It took me six months. And then in the time since then, the tattoo shop was closed. So that didn't even matter. But then what I ended up finding out is in the city of Atlanta, you couldn't put a brewery in a commercially zoned area. You could only put a brewery in industrial, light industrial, and mixed use. Oh, okay. Yeah, because prior to this, you couldn't sell beer directly. So, like, why would you pay commercial rent if you had to sell your beer to Publix? Sure. You know, you're not making any money. So, and then the law changed. We had to update the zoning laws to match that. So, I had to actually go, you know, before the city council for a year and a half and change the zoning code in the city of Atlanta to allow microbreweries wow. and microdistilleries in commercially zoned areas. Jeez. So, because of that, we've got breweries opening up now in places where they couldn't before, which is great for That's the awesome. beer industry itself. But it was a long fight. Struggle. And... In the end, April 2020, the government shut down for eight months. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the government opened back up, they were six months behind. Uh, so it was just a constant struggle. But we made it through. You know, so there were mm -hmm. some dark times when I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Yeah. But we're fucking here, and I'm very happy about it. Me too. I, uh, ever since I saw the painting and the, the, the front of the space whenever that got done, uh, several trips. My brother used to live here. I know a few friends here as well, so I just make yearly trips or as often as I can. Just checking in. Yeah, because, I mean, 2020 kind of ruined my whole timeline. I, I didn't know when the last time it was uh, we were here, and it was 2019. It, was, it, was like, right it feels before like 2018. COVID, yeah. It feels like it long ago. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, I'm just overly joyed to be able to have beer here now. I'm and so happy to have you all in here. I mean, it's just mm. it's so great every time, every day just to see people in this space after so long. Of trying to get people in here, yeah, you know, so it feels great. It's awesome. I'm ready to drink some. Yeah, of your we've beer. got Let's we've got some in front of us. So uh, we have a couple, and the first one we're starting out with is the Logic of Crocodiles Hazy IPA. Uh, I know, I know, you guys tend to lean towards more away from the the regular traditional styles and kind of do yeah. the one offs or whatever. But having hazies and having things like that are for the people as well that just want that when they come in. So I understand that there's a need to have that. But that's what we're starting with today, and then we're kind of getting a little weirder from there. Yeah, we're going to get weird. Uh, so <laughs> tell us about the logic of crocodiles. All uh, I know is hazy IPA. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it. deceiving a lead just called a hazy IPA, but um, this beer is actually uh, a raw ale. So it is completely unboiled. Oh. And it's also fermented with a quikies. So it's like, a, actually, traditionally, it's a yeah. farmhouse ale, yeah. which would have been a raw ale brewed with a land-raised yeast like quikes. So... Really, huh. this is a Very raw ale, but we want it to be a hazy IPA, which, you know, which people want right now. And it really, raw ale really lends itself to hazies because if you don't boil, you don't have a hot break, you retain all that protein, you get a great mouthfeel. Yeah. Mm. And then also, at these low temperatures with unboiling, I can get a really neat flavors out of the hops. So, like, traditionally, you'd boil hops to get a little bit of bitterness. You throw them in the whirlpool to get some aroma. Um, and this beer, it's never boiled, so huh. it's held at really? uh, yeah, 160 degrees for 30 minutes, and that pasteurizes it. Wow. But it doesn't create any of the protein breaks or um, you know loss of flavors from that. So then I do a long whirlpool at 160 degrees with some hops, and I get some like different flavors that you wouldn't even normally get out of some more traditional hops. This one is, I think it's all Amarillo, mm. Citra, Citra Cryo, 
and then this new blend called Cryopop. Cryopop. What? Cryopop, which right. is, I believe made by uh, Yakima Chief, and it's their of new course. cryo Yakima blend. And I just, I really like it a lot. It's in the, this one and the next IPA we're about to have. Um, but it's like really enjoyable. Like I get like passion fruit. Um, this one's beer specifically, I get a lot of pine from the Amarillo at that temperature. And so I wanted to go more, less juicy, more grassy, piney with this one. Oh man, let's dig in. Let's try to take a sip. Mmm. Wow. Boy, that stays with you in your like in the mouth. Like it just it hangs around. Yeah. It's a it's got that nice floral taste to it. I hate using the term mouth coating because when you look at like Untapped and all these, oh, apps, yeah, yeah. like oh, that's a flavor profile. It's like it's not a flavor profile, but like it's more of like an experience. But this thing kind of stays with you. Yeah, it kind of coats the the and roof of your that's mouth. That's from the raw ale. That's because it has all that protein still in it, so it's sticking to your tongue, and then those all those oils are actually yeah. hanging around, like you said. So you can really get a full hop flavor, which I enjoy. Tell me more about the. You said just cryopop. Yeah, cryopop's the blend. That's what they're, oh, they're okay. calling it. The name is cryopop, which I really don't like the name. I usually list it by its experimental name, which is Tri Two Three Zero Four. Okay. And it's a blend of different hops, that different they put experimentals. Together. Yeah. Okay. It's tasty. I like it, Mitch. It, I dig it. It, it reminds me of. Uh, so I'm also a fan of sake and everything. Oh yeah. And this makes me think of a nigori, like the creamy. Oh, it's really cool. And it, it just this harkens back to that full throttle. Like, yeah. I'm loving it. Uh, Have you ever had a makgeolli? No. So it's like a Korean fermented rice beverage. Mm. That um, I love, and it's real creamy and stuff. And I want to make one of those here, but I was just wondering. Oh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drive down. <laughs> You'll get another trip from Mitch and myself. Yeah. 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 It'll Out be a labor of love for sure. Mm, for sure. What is, um, so I want to go back to, real quick, while I'm sitting there enjoying. Yeah. By the way, I'm just, I'm looking at this thing. There is no seeing through this whatsoever. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's literally haze taken to the next level. Like, it, it almost looks like a... Uh, Almost like a grapefruit juice. It's just, it's yeah. super cloudy. Uh, the malt bill on this is, um, it's I use extra pale malt. Yeah. Because I want a really light colored beer because of that. You're not letting a lot of light through. So you don't want an ugly, like mm -hmm. dark looking beer because there's not light penetrating through. And then it's uh, malted oats and flaked wheat. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at about 40% adjunct. So. And, and obviously you know everything about the beer that you're brewing, but... It, kind of just talking to you right now. I mm. talk about experimental this, experimental yeah. that, and, mm. and the process. You obviously have some sort of a background in, in brewing, whether it's home brewing just because you wanted to or whether or not you actually have an education of it. So what brought you over to determine you wanted to do Sabbath brewing? Well, I've been brewing for a while now. Um, most recently, I was brewing at Sweetwater Brewing here in Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. And um, that's pretty much the biggest brewery in the state. Yep. So I would pretty much reach the top of my pay grade. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was working overnights uh, as to do at Sweetwater because it's like the 17th largest brewery in the country. And it was about 4 a.m. And the owner came in, blasted out of his mind with a bunch of his friends. And I'm sitting there working the centrifuge, just like 4 a.m. Like, oh, I gotta hate my fucking life. <laughs> and like, he's just having a great time. And I just realized at that moment, I was like, I'm never gonna be the guy who gets to enjoy himself. I'm always gonna be the guy working the centrifuge at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest impetus for me. Like, I know I knew I wanted to do this, but like, that was what really yeah. sent it down that path. And um, next day, I started looking for places. You know, I, I uh, put my house on the market. Mm -hmm. I was like, we're gonna do this. You were all in. Yeah. I mean, I was just like. I, I, that was the moment, you know. That was mm -hmm. like that epiphany moment where I was like, "I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be the guy that's in charge." Yeah. Yes. God. So, 
It, it, those moments are just so electrifying to me. Trying to put it into my view, I'm just like, man, you just figured it out right then. You know, <laughs> I'm still waiting for yeah. my aha for my own my own sake. So yeah. it's just it's beautiful here. I mean, that. I wouldn't say I figured it out because this has been quite a learning process. Mm. You know, this is a crash course <laughs> in business. And honestly, it's taken me three years to open. But like, I don't know if I would have been ready three years ago. Mm. Ah. Like, I have become so toughened mm. through this whole process that like. Now, when new problems arise, I'm just like, all right, let's deal with it. Yeah, right. Before it was like a catastrophe every time. Yeah. So. You see these, you see these people that are handed a bunch of money or handed a perfect situation. They go to open it, and then when something like COVID comes and comes crashing down, the businesses are like, oh, I'm not sure what to do. I don't know if we're gonna make it. You know, the people that lived through that, you know, and and had to get scrappy and and had yeah. to get dirty and raw, are the ones that, and, and it obviously. There's lots of others that came out of it on the other side, but I think the ones that learned to pivot and just learn to dig dig in deep and do it from COVID are the ones mm -hmm. that came out successfully on the other side. And like you said, three years, you know, of just like you started out in what you would consider <laughs> to be a difficult situation. You put your house on the market, and then you started dealing with zoning laws, and then the and then the city government, and then just when you thought it was ready. COVID came and hit and shut yep. down the government. <laughs> and then when they opened, they were way behind. So you had to continue to wait and wait and wait. But mm. that's just a testament that you can push through stuff. Yeah. And when something comes along, you're like, eh, I've had worse before. Honestly, really. Yeah. When something else happens, I'm like, I've been through worse. Yeah. Amazing. So it is a testament to that. This beer, <laughs> I really like it. Good. Awesome. I, it, it sticks around. That's that's one part I really like about yeah. it, it, just sticking around because I get to re- well, I get to keep hold on Revisited. to that flavor. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's I not a it. typical hazy IPA. No. That's what I like. I mean, it looks like one. Yeah. You know, it looks like one of those. You see these people that are like hazy. The pictures on Instagram where it's just like super juicy and super all the way up to the top of the glass and that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, hazy IPA. This doesn't taste like other hazy IPAs I've had before. So that's a welcome change. Good. Good. We've got another one, Mitch. What do you think? Should I pour it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So this is, I'm going to let, I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about this, but this is the... Uh, okay, it's okay. Yeah, it's an oak aged double IPA. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had anything like that before. Well, so first off, I think I, I left this out when we were talking about Sabbath Brewing. Sure, but everything here is fermented in oak. Oh, yeah. Oh. So if you look behind you, I have all of these uh, punchins here that I converted into what I call baby fooders, and everything is fermented in those. I got the five on the back for clean beer, five in the front for Brett beers. And then I have one uh, unit tank here that I use for crashing and carbonating. Ah. So everything is fermented in oak, but this one is specifically aged in oak. So uh, this is the second of this series that I've made that I like to call uh, IPA de garde. De garde. So IPA it's like a what? Say IPA de garde. Have okay. you heard of uh, beer de garde? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like a Belgian style. So this is a, uh, a beer de garde means beer for keeping, an aged beer. You know, it's a strong multi beer that's held onto for a little while and gets a lot of these barrel carriers characteristics so i wanted to do this but with an ipa hmm. so i made a hazy double ipa and i fermented this one with um omega's cosmic punch which is a thiol boosting yeast okay Ooh. so i mash topped it with saws which is like weird for an ipa but yeah. it actually gives me a lot of these like um the yeast it, the the mash hopping activates some thiols precursors so that this yeast can act on that and boost these thiols so you get a lot of these uh what i refer to as gooseberry which is like uh, a, a super grape, a super wine grape, a okay. flavor that get out of that. But then I also finish it with uh, a saison yeast. Oh. So the the clean yeast does the bulk of the fermentation, and then the saison yeast dries it down further, a little bit drier, without getting all of the uh, weird off 
like off flavors from a saison. So interesting. It is uh, fermented for one week with the normal yeast, and then saison yeast is pitched, and then it's aged for six weeks after that in the oak. And then I move it over to the bright tank, um, where I dry hop it at a cold temperature with your more traditional like hazy IPA hops. This one has Nelson Zavon and Cashmere for dry okay. hop. Very cool. I'm telling you, man, craft, craft beer like <laughs> originality. That's <laughs> yeah. what I love. Just when you think you know you've, you've tasted every single style, something like yeah. this comes out of nowhere. <laughs> this this like, one is actually what? inspired by Lafrique, oh. which is um, a green uh, flash. Green oh. Flash, they made this beer maybe like five or six years ago. Yeah. It was more of like a red IPA, but they finished it with a Saison yeast, uh, which I thought was just so cool, which yeah. is what I tried to do with this one. They don't think they distribute out here. Not in, not in Tennessee they, where we're yeah, from they anymore. They yeah. stopped, yeah. They, I, I remember seeing their products and then vanished. Yeah, and That Green was, what, Flash, three or four yeah. years yeah, ago? Yeah, that was the, the innovation for that one. That's where I came mm. from. I was like, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. Yes. Right. And uh, I love the way it came out. Got a great nose and a good color. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's great too about is um, fermenting an oak, but especially with these hazies, is like you get the softness from the oak, and then um. you also get like some vanillin characters from the oak, which is what people want in hazies. They want a soft, rounded beer with some vanilla notes. Okay. And I get a lot of that from this one. Ah oh, man, I'm diving in. I'm curious <laughs> if I get those too. Mm. Oh yeah. Is it weird to say I can taste the saison like uplift at the end? Oh, you definitely can. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's just like it's not like you're drinking a saison. Yeah. Right? It's like you that know? farmhouse kind of like yeah. corny banana bready. It adds like, another dimension to it. Yeah. It does. Yeah. But it's still hoppy mm-hmm. at the same time. Like it's it's definitely an IPA. Um, I can I can taste that that oak aging in it, but that saison lift at the end mm-hmm. kind of took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting to taste it. Like yeah. you mentioned it, but I wasn't expecting to taste it that prominently. It's a unique yeah. beer for sure, and this is the second in the series that I've done, and I'm definitely gonna keep bringing. I mean, yeah. I love each one that's come out this way has been just absolutely spectacular in my opinion. It's a it's nice and soft on my palate. Yeah. What's the ABV? This one's eight point five. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we're splitting beers, yeah. Mitch. I would not be able to tell this is an 8.5. It drinks too smooth for an 8.5. Yeah. Like, it's it's sweet, but it's not boozy sweet. Right. Well, it's, it does have like some of that residual sugar. This one has honey malt in it, too. Ah, okay. Um, so it gives you some of that residual sugar, but with the Saison yeast, it finishes dry. Man. So you, it, it, it feels like it's sweeter than it actually you know, has a mouthfeel of. Yeah. yeah. Man. So there's, did you mention there were seven beers on tap? Seven, eight, seven, seven beers, beers yeah. on tap. Mm. Well, one of them's a seltzer. So one of them's oh, a yeah. seltzer. So, <laughs> but I mean, it, it almost seems like do you guys have constantly stuff in the tanks, like going oh, all it's along? always. Yeah, we never brew the same beer twice. Uh, so I, really? we've been open for four months now, and I have like fifty labels already. Oh man, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, I, lo- I like on. that transition yes. though, because you used to have you know we've got those big. We've got the craft brewers yeah. that, that, that kind of came before you and everybody, and they're like the, the biggest. In us, for like in our instance in Nashville, it's Yazoo Brewing. I yeah. mean, like they were there for the longest time. They were the OGs of craft beer industry in Nashville, and they were pumping out these these weird beers called pale ales and IPAs, and no one had ever <laughs> heard of them before. Uh-huh. you know. And then that kind of paved the way for these other breweries. Bearded Iris, based out of Nashville, I think yeah. we're the first ones in our area to start saying, you know what, every other week, every other week, we're going to release a new IPA. And people are like, what? And then all of a sudden, they were like posting on Instagram about the new IPA. And people yeah. were just in line to get it. And that created that internal competition for brewers to go, maybe they don't want the same thing all the time. So mm. all these breweries that are popping up out of nowhere, 
are creating these new beers and they're just one-offs or maybe they'll yeah. release them once a year yeah. or something like that. But it's not like, oh, be on the lookout for this beer just out of nowhere. People go, I need to be there to get That's it. That's what I love about being so small is, you know, I don't have investors. I don't have to worry about if my beer is going to sell at Kroger yeah. or Publix. Like, I put, I brew a beer. It's uh, 100 gallons. I put it on tap here. It sells out every one of them. You know, so every time problem. you come in, there's something new to yeah. try, something interesting, and it makes it to where I know, yeah, I'll have an IPA or two on, but I'll be able to do other stuff that I like to try. Like, we, I just did a collaboration with Scepter Brewing out of Oakhurst, which is nearby, oh, and we did a. So if you guys remember, Black IPAs were like mm -hmm. really big, yeah. like 2013, yeah, but they were all based on West Coast IPAs. Yeah, so we did a hazy black IPA. <laughs> How does that work? It, it's so complex, dude. It, wow. is, it is. Honestly, it's very polarizing. Yeah. But it is one of the most complex beers I've tasted because it we use like debittered malt, so it doesn't have bitter, like it doesn't have any bitterness to it at all. Mm. Cause so. <laughs> oh, yep. There we are. We're back. Audio's back on here too. So Sounding good? Yeah, sounding good. Let's circle okay. back to that hazy black IPA. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's just really cool to be able to do weird stuff like we just did a collaboration with scepter brewing out of oakhurst which is nearby and it's a it's a, a black ipa but if you remember black ipas were based on west coast ipas yeah. and they kind of fell out of fashion and now the hazy ipas are in we're gonna like we're gonna do a black hazy ipa so it's uh it's not bitter at all you know it's like it's chocolatey yeah um but it's got you know zappa hops and simcoe so it's really juicy i get like cedar and pine and uh, it's just like the most complex beer I think I've had in a while because it's wow so strange. <laughs> Man, but missed out on that one. God, I, I, I'm gonna. Is that in the Sabbath tap room here? Yeah, we had we had it here and there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, so we, we blew through it here already. But all right, are you uh, using Untapped at all for like uh, your your tap list? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, well, not for our tap list. Okay. Yeah, like we don't pay on tap to right, cover right. the tap list. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But we have it on our website. It's always posted. People are checking in beers here, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I can use that and try and find a weekend when I see that similar thing come back if, whenever that would be. Yeah. But. And <laughs> I'd watch out for that one. Yes. Is, I, I got two beers now. I've <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Is the goal is, is the goal to be able to? You mentioned. You know, you're never brewing the same thing twice. You just always keep innovating and coming up with something new. You brew one, you know, one batch of something, and then when it's gone, it's gone, and that's it. Is that always going to be the goal, or is it always going to be just a single batch? Or do you guys in the future, obviously you guys are brand new, but or is the future to eventually have a base set of beers for distribution? Or is the goal just always, hey, if you want our beer, you got to come here? I think that um – until Georgia gets self-distribution, I don't want to distribute, really, because Got it. I don't want to sell a keg for $100 that the distributor sells for $200 and the bar sells for $600. Right, yeah. I want to sell beer. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to make other people money. But, yes, the long-term plan here is um, this spot here in East Atlanta, I want to become like a brew pub, mm. mostly venue, very a smaller brew system, and then open up a production facility okay. off-site yeah. that would be – uh, instead of what I call baby fooders, like actual fooders. Yeah. Uh, so everything's still fermented in oak, but instead of 100 gallons, 1,000 gallons. Yeah. You know? Something that can distribute a little bit more, or yeah. move it around. So it would still be one beer, and that's it. It's done, but there'd be 10 times as it, you know? Right. As, as, as people hear about you and continue to come, you're going to be running out of that beer faster and faster. Yeah. Unless you can make more of it. And in the space you have right now, you have a cap. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Got it. That makes sense. 
It does. I, that's going to be amazing. I, I, I wonder what kind of food and whatnot would go where. Where? 8.5 hitting. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what, how it will pair with all these beers from the baby photos and everything. God, uh, you, I, you know, I really want to do barbecue. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm, a, I'm a, just an absolute glutton for some Texas style barbecue. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I'm not to shame anybody in Atlanta, but I just don't feel like anybody's doing the same level no. as like, say like Austin. So yeah. I want to get someone in here from there knows what they're doing and really bring some fire ass barbecue to Atlanta. get some good yes. Texas style yeah. brisket. Oh. We're just a weird spot for barbecue. Like you think South barbecue, but like Atlanta is just doesn't have its own style. Uh-uh. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of Carolina, a little bit of it's diverse. Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. I think Atlanta's. I'm from Atlanta originally. And it just, there's Atlanta's never really had its whole, like we are people from Atlanta. Atlanta's always been a melting pot of like mm-hmm. different diversities and cultures of people that I think it's going to take even a few more years to people figure out what it is that Atlanta is. And until that's decided, you're not going to have a style of barbecue. Yeah. You're not going to have a style of beer. It's going to be a conglomerate of a whole bunch of stuff. When you have your own barbecue. That's yeah, true. that's true. Hey, uh, uh, let's take a quick rinse break. I'm okay. going to just check the audio and we'll come Sounds back. Sounds great. We'll right. be right back. All right. And we're back. Yes. And uh, we got an interesting beer. I'm very nervous about this one. <laughs> I don't. So this one was brewed for a specific purpose today. Yes, today uh, at Sabbath Brewing, it's National Pickle Day on November 14th. So a very good friend of mine, uh, Kelly, he makes Kelly's Death Pickles. <laughs> and uh, he makes all these pickles for Shit. bands. Like he makes labels for them in the same way that all of my beers are named after songs from bands. Mm. It's like a great synergistic thing. And we've been great friends. We did this last year. So this year, now that I'm open, I'm like, well, we're going to make a pickle beer. Okay. Yes. So we have here in front of you is a hot pickle saison. <laughs> All of Kelly's pickles are like famous for being spicy. So this is a saison uh, I brewed, and then we actually use the brine from his pickling, and then some really nasty looking fucking peppers <laughs> in this beer. So it it has a great saison base that's mm. like a little bit weedy, uh, spicy. Yeah. You know, just like your standard saison. But then with the brine, it really like adds like a goza type quality Ooh. and then the peppers i fucking love like it's like you just keep you drink some and you come back you're like i want some more of that it's like yeah. a pringle <laughs> what kind yeah, of peppers yeah. are you using in this it's trinidad scorpion but jalaka and uh-huh. uh ghost <laughs> shit i'm yeah. very familiar but no, with it's, these. it's not it's i'm not here for it man I'm, yeah. I'm here for it <laughs> the, well you've been you've been sipping on it you know, been, all afternoon though so i mean podcast i've been drinking a yeah. pint of it so yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your background with pickles, Richard? Uh, you just don't like them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just I, I don't have I, I like so the I know it's it's a it's a couple steps removed, but like give me hot chicken with like pickle juice and I'm okay with that. Yeah, okay, like I'm okay. I'm fine with that. Um, saisons I like as long as they're not sour. I think in my opinion, this is just Richard's humble opinion, but when you have a saison or if you have a um, a farmhouse sale, like sometimes they can be masked as such when they're a lot more sour than typically they are. Yeah. I kind of more prefer the corn, like yeasty, you know, farmhouse sale yeah. style. Um, so I've been tricked a few times uh, into having a farmhouse sale or a saison that ends up being real sour. Not tart, but sour. Tart I can handle. Yeah. So I'm very curious about what I'm going to experience <laughs> when I try this beer. Man. Well, only one way to find out, guys. I'm all about the spicy foods, and uh, I, you know, well, 
My body isn't, but <laughs> you are anymore. <laughs> Your 30-plus-year-old self is not. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But I, I loved eating uh, on Scorpion. And, uh, uh, you know, I started Habanero used to be that hot thing. Oh, and yeah. then What's Habanero now? Carolina Reaper, Scorpion, yeah. all sorts of stuff. That Halokia came out. I ate a raw one of those, and that was fun. And then all of a sudden there's something hotter and something hotter, something hotter. Oh. And then I've had all the pickle variations with the aging with the peppers in it. And it's all so delicious. So I'm looking forward to this one. So cheers. Thank you for cheers, having guys. us. Cheers. Thanks Sadly. a lot, man. Appreciate it. Very hey, that's actually. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the kick. There's the little, little bit of heat. Right on the end. Yeah. A little bit of heat. Yeah. So I, I that's comfortable. Yeah. I get the pickle. Um, we were at a, I was at a, I guess Mitch wasn't able to make it, so I ended up going, but we were at a bottle share in Nashville a few weeks back, uh, and there was a pickle beer there, and I took a sip, just thinking not much, and it was heavy, heavy on the, like, super brine uh, pickle, and it was, and, and no disrespect to the brewer, I don't even remember which one it is, but it was probably the worst tasting beer I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life, yeah. uh, and this is not that, though, like, this is good, this is a... Uh, it's not over the top, little tart, but it's not over yeah. the top like it's a saison that yeah. I imagine it to be. It's got a little bit of pickle, like brine at the end, and then the heat kind of comes in, and it's still with me. Yeah, like it's still it's still in the back of my but mouth. But not like a painful way. Not right. a painful yeah. way. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Like it's got a little yeah. heat to it. It yeah. was a lot of fun putting this beer together, like with pipettes and like <laughs> trying to get the right amount of brine and yeah. pepper. Because like the first one I made, I loved. Like, I was super into it, but it was hot as fuck. And everybody else was like, you can't serve this. And I was like, but it's great. It's so good. So we had to tone it down a little bit, but I'm very happy with the way it came out. This is a great product because yeah. anybody can take this one for sure. It, it's a, I like the little punch at the end to let you know, hey, I was here. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ooh, tags you a yeah, little that bit. Heat. <laughs> yeah. it's a and, and I'll say, I don't like pickles. <laughs> don't tell Kelly, but... <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I just never have liked pickles, but I just you watched me drink this whole beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I think you were refilling it before we <laughs> started. Did. So yeah. my guess is you had a glass of it. Yeah. You were drinking on one before we started it, here. It's like I said, it's like a potato chip. It mm -hmm. like makes you mm -hmm. want to have more. I like that that slight heat that stays with yeah. you. Um, I, I've never like the only time I've ever experienced that is if I'm looking at like a like a Mexican. Stout or like a hot mm -hmm. Mexican yeah. hot oh, with peppers where, in it. Yeah, where it's got the pepper, the heat at the end that just kind of stakes with you. I've never had it in a lighter beer like a say a light like a non-dark beer. Yeah. Well, this is a new one for me. The saison with the hot pepper. Oh, it's nice. That's it, awesome. It hits yeah. a lot of it hits a lot of spots. It's yeah. not only refreshing, but it, you could almost liken it to a pepper challenge. Not really, but I mean, if you want to create the hot one you made and then serve it on side. I, I made a habanero IPA <laughs> once. It kind of sounds weird, but I mm. freaking loved it. I drank like six glasses. Oh. The next day, though, it was brutal oh. coming out. Oh, yeah. I, I can oh. imagine. Yeah. That's like the hot chicken effect. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't realize it when you have, you know, six mm -hmm. of them, but that's a lot of capsaicin going in. The day after a lot is, of capsaicin is coming yes. bad. Yes. A lot of capsaicin coming out. Middle Tennessee is very familiar with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We love our hot chicken in Tennessee, Definitely. Nashville based. Yeah, uh -huh. man, this is awesome. Yeah, thank you. So what's what's next? I mean, like, what's next for Sabbath Brewing? I mean, obviously, yeah, continue to pump out this like single batch beers. Um, you've got music here today. Uh, for yeah, the, that's a big component here. Um, like I said, we're in a neighborhood with lots of venues, and we wanted to be the small stage here in East Atlanta because 
as the years have gone by, the small venues have become bigger venues. Mm. So we host a lot of local bands, um, some touring bands that aren't as big. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what we want to focus on. You know, we want to get oh, people a place to play. And we want to have people come in and try our stuff and make new beers for people to try, be excited about, and keep them coming in. But uh, for us next is, um, like I mentioned, uh, production facility in the coming years. Um, we're going to expand this as much as we can. We have a three-and-a-half-barrel system now. I want to go to a seven in this space, um, and that'll be able to that'll make it where you know I do half as much work for twice as much beer. Yeah. Right. Because right now it's just me. Yeah. Ooh. I I own the place. I brew the beer. I run the place. Yeah. So uh, I'm just trying to. The next steps for me is making some money so I can hire somebody to brew beer. Definitely. And focus on uh, growing the business. Man, amazing. And uh, you know every product so far, amazing work. Great. Thank you so much Thank for you. serving us today. Yeah. Hanging out and. Being on the podcast, I'm so glad y'all came today. Me too. Closing thoughts, Mitch. Everything's delicious. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go try some more off the tap. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, I think that's the plan. We're gonna we're shutting down here, uh, but the plan is to stay for a little bit, definitely, and enjoy some more off the tap wall. Hell yeah, let's get some beers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thank you. Appreciate. It. See you guys next time.